As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. Moms are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Real Ones Kings podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. There is my main man, Brandon O'Doy. You can follow us on social media as a uh, as a crew at Real Ones Kings. I'm at Miami Radio Beast. Brandon is at Brandon underscore O'Doy. And Brandon, we're coming off another Miami Hurricanes victory. A couple of extra days here as uh, they get ready to play Temple, but Miami is 3-0. And the stress of the press conferences after the game uh, last Thursday was, hey, we took care of September uh, at home, and that's all you could ask for, and that's what they did. Yeah, that's exactly what they did, Beast. And so you've got to like what this Hurricane team is becoming. They're becoming an explosive offensive team and a team that plays sound defense. And what you saw against Bethune-Cookman is a very well-put-together structured plan to not only get depth, some quality playing reps, but also continue to improve the execution with the offense, Tyler Van Dyke with his receivers, and then kind of go looking for some things that you're going to need down the line in the name of a running game, and then also, you know, getting some backups sometimes. So it was a great couple of first home games for the Miami Hurricanes, and now they get a road test at Temple, which isn't supposed to be that big of a deal but another opportunity to grow and continue to pile on good games as this schedule begins to kind of increasingly go uh, higher in the degree of difficulty realm. So we're going to have David Lake uh, on from Inside the U. He will be on uh, in the next segment. And one of the things I want to talk to David about and something I want to get your thoughts on, I think think it's too early to, to really have blanket statements about how this team is as of yet. But I feel like if I kind of dig deep uh, within this uh, ugly body, I feel like I can tell the coaching is better on both sides of the football. Am I wrong there? No, I think the coaching, that's a very fair statement. The coaching is better, but not so much. It's, it, I think what's fair to say is that there are a lot of things that are improving at the same time. So I don't want to overdo it with how much better I say these coaches are because – I want to reserve the right to second guess later on in the season, you know, when things don't necessarily go as they should. Mario Cristobal has been cleaning out the culture. I ran into him Friday uh, recruiting at the American Heritage and Chaminade game in Broward County. He's recruiting at a high level. 
He's cleaned out a lot of the things in this program uh, that didn't belong. Knee first guys, guys who were not good for the culture. And remember, this has been an entitlement culture at the University of Miami for several years. There have been kids who were in that program who they were better than they actually were playing. They didn't want to put in the actual work that you need to put in. And to be a college football player at an elite level, you have to work your behind off. And, and, and these guys just were not doing that in that locker room. So you now have uh, more players who understand the process of being a college football player, being good on and off the field, coaches that are fitting schemes to players' talents, coaches that are uh, aggressively scheming and using uh, what should be used here at the University of Miami, uh, a blitz first defense, uh, a very aggressive get your kids in space and let them use their speed type of offense, and then just monitoring your players' deficiencies so that they will not be uh, completely uh, embarrassed by the things that they just don't do well. And then you got to set a culture of discipline so that you limit those turnovers. And that's what Miami is trying to be as a team. You talked about the culture of discipline, and you used it in terms of turnovers, but I just want to use the culture in terms of the team. And I think one of the things that I'm starting to pick up on is, you know, the guys that were brought in through the transfer portal are not just really good players. And I'm especially on defense with Kiko and Jaden Davis, uh, what have you, but they're locker room guys, they're leadership guys, they're culture guys. Those are kind of guys that you brought into the program who are older, more mature and kind of, kind of help this coaching staff get this cohesive culture going that they've been talking about. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about, you know, what you need to be a successful team. You need a player-led team. You need guys that people respect that are very talented and and that when they say, hey, look, this is how things are going to go, people on the team get in line for fear of being outcast. That's the biggest thing among adolescents. They don't want to be the guy not doing what everybody's doing. We have a Cam Kitchens, an All-American, walking around that defensive locker room, guys, veteran guys like James Williams, who's basically – played every snap since he walked through the door. You got Jaden Davis, a guy who coaches praised this past week as being a super professional on the offensive side of the ball. You've got a center in Matt Lee, who's being widely talked about as a high draft pick, best at his position. These are the type of talents and the type of guys and the type of leaders that good teams need. And Miami finally has some veterans they can call on when things get rough. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, we're painting a pretty rosy picture, but there's still some stuff for these players and these coaches to fix up. I'll just pick one random one because Mario yelled at me, not yelled at me, but he took a little poke at me in the post-game press conference because I asked him, I said, you know, and I phrased the question wrong, right? I said, hey, coach, is there a yard line upon which your punt returner should look up and say, you know what, this one's going to go into the end zone, so I shouldn't touch it? And he's like, bro, come on, man. How long you been watching football? Of course there is. He's like, we ain't doing it right. We got to fix it. But how, you know, what are you asking that? You know, there is. And, uh, but that's just one of the things I think about when I think about this team's not perfect yet. No, they're not perfect at all. And you talked about yeah, a very small thing, but what turned into a big thing is look, punt returners, maybe a Restrepo, uh, whoever that ends up being, Jacoby George, whoever's back there, look, put your heels on the 10 yard line. I know this never played a down football pass. Past seventh grade, put your heels on the 10. If the ball is over your head, don't touch it. It's pretty simple. Like anybody who's watched football for two or three years knows this. This is not very difficult. But 
you know, these are guys that are trying to make plays. And the question was valid. I, I like how Mario kind of chided at you, but he understands what we all understand. This room, the biggest room at the University of Miami right now in the football department is the room for improvement. Let's talk about it frankly. That run game's got to improve. No Mark Fletcher, it's not no problem. It's a huge problem because even against a lesser opponent like Bethune, you didn't really have the day you could have. Later on in the year to win games, you're going to have to run the ball to get out of there. That's one of the things they need to work on. They got to clean up some of these penalties, discipline penalties. Just, you know, being off sides, false starting, you know, day of games, all these things that we've seen, you'll live with holds, you'll live with pass interferences. That's a part of being an aggressive team. But you got to clean up the stuff you can absolutely control when nobody's bothering you. And that's one of the things that this team has to do to win bigger games. And I mean, on the road at North Carolina and at home against Clemson. So another big topic we need to get to, and I think, We'll do it on the other side, is recruiting. It's going very well so far for Mario and the staff. He he did have some some shakeup in the offseason as far as where he put some guys. He moved some guys from coaching into the recruiting spots. They've done really well. So we will talk to David Lake about that after this. But, Brandon, they got a big recruit just before that game the other night, and the momentum, you can tell it's coming. Yeah. 2025 defensive end, Armando Blunt, a five-star, number four in the nation for his class, committed to the University of Miami. Well, what's the significance of this? This is the young man who is widely being talked about as one of the best players at his position. And so when you look at what Miami's tried to do on that defensive line, we talk about guys like Ruben Bain, when you talk about the Nigelique Kellys, the Jaden Waynes, and all of the other guys the Cyrus Mosses that they brought in, four and five-star talents, Miami is slowly but surely trying to stack classes of elite defenders, and it starts in the trenches. And when you get a guy like Armando Blunt, who has, you know, the athleticism of a track star playing on defensive end, it's amazing. And there may be a surprise. He might be a guy that decides to get into Coral Gables a little bit earlier than expected. So we'll see about that. Ooh, I like that tease. We will talk more recruiting with David Lake. On the other side, after this, you're listening to the Real Ones Canes podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. We are in every place you could possibly dream of, plus YouTube and maybe hiding, you know, in your microwave. Who knows? We'll talk to David Lake after this. The Real Ones Canes podcast is brought to you by Closure Investigative Agency, the premier private investigative firm in Florida. They're the most aggressive PI firm in South Florida. Ulysses and his crew will get you the information you need and leave no stone unturned. They've been doing it for more than two decades, and there is no one else you should trust to find you the truth. Are you worried about a cheating spouse? Do you have a custody issue? Do you need a thorough background check done of a potential employee? Need an insurance or legal investigation done? Or even an international investigation that needs to happen? Closure Investigative Agency has you covered. Call Ulysses and his staff right now at 844-403-2550. That's 844-403-2550. Or email them 
at info at ciagency.com and follow them on X at C-I-A-P-I-F-L. That's C-I-A-P-I-F-L. And find them on the web at ciagency.net. Closure Investigative Agency, sponsoring The Real Ones Canes Podcast. Welcome back to The Real Ones Canes Podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. It's Brandon O'Doy. You can follow us on uh, all the socials at Real Ones Canes, and you can download this podcast wherever you get the podcast. So... We need to go out to one of the guys that's been around this program a long time. He's uh, just been doing it night and day, 24-7, 365. He is the publisher of InsideTheU.com. David Lake joins us right now on the Real Ones Canes podcast. And, David, it is a pleasure to have you on, my man. Good to be on with you, Beast, and Brandon, two of my favorite guys. This will be fun. Happy to join you guys and, and talk some recruiting. Well, before we get to the recruiting, I guess what makes the recruiting um, a little bit easier as this team is 3-0 and so far. Now, we don't know how great those victories are, right? We'll look back at the end of the season and say that win against Texas A&M, maybe it was great, maybe Texas A&M ends the year at four and whatever. So we don't know yet. But so far, they've won all three games they've played. That has to help in the recruiting cycle. It helps show the vision come to life that Mario and his staff have been preaching since since last year to be frank with you. And I think it also kind of opens the door again for some of the guys maybe that visited in the summer, that committed elsewhere. Um, it kind of cracks that door open a little bit for Mario and the staff to get back in there and, and you know, sell the pitch. Uh, beating a team like Texas A&M does matter. They're a team that everyone knows has recruited well, has talent. Uh, they are one of the big brands in the SEC. So they definitely... Off to a good start, 3-0, and uh, positive momentum there. And, of course, as you know, Mario Cristobal is always going to look to upgrade the talent in any way he can, whether that's in high school recruiting or in the portal. So definitely off to a good start, and, uh, you know, we'll see how they close. I think you look back to last year, Miami added a ton of guys between November, December, um, and they are definitely positioning themselves to do that again here this cycle. Yeah, no, David, and, and you bring up a good point, and I wanted to follow up on that. Miami seemed to hit home runs in the portal recruiting last year with Matt Lee and Jaden Davis specifically. I think Daryl Porter's turning into a guy that looks pretty good as far as mm-hmm. his year two, his year one was sort of um, you know up for grabs, but definitely playing inspired ball. You saw that against Texas A&M. Are there, are there more portal-leaning things that could happen if this turns out to be a better-than-infected season or more high school-leaning? Like, do you start reeling back into your Jeremiah Smiths and start pulling back into, you know, maybe some of your local guys that are highly touted? Where do you kind of get the sense this staff would be more interested in heading? I think right now, you know, until you really kind of have an idea what your number is going to look like in December in terms of NFL defections or guys that on your team that are going to enter the portal, I think the focus needs to be on high school recruiting. And so I think that's where the main focus is. And, you know, I think the staff really wants to land 25 guys per year. They want to be that type of program and then supplement it with high level portal guys. I think Maybe the difference this year, again, we'll see how this season plays out. But I do think it was tough sledding in the portal last year 
going five and seven. There was uncertainty at the coordinator level of the coaching staff. That's really tough to convince uh, guys to transfer into your program when that's the case. So I do think, I agree with you, Brandon. I think they've done a good job evaluating the portal guys they did hit uh, or land after that five and seven season. But I do think if this season's successful, that also elevates what you can go out and get in the portal. Like we all know last year, they kind of struck out on wide receiver. They kind of struck out on uh, big body defensive tackles like they would have liked to bring in in the portal. I think if you have a good season, not only does it elevate what you can do in high school, it also really helps and makes you more attractive place for those transfers that can immediately help you. David Lake, he is the publisher of InsideTheU.com. Make sure you check out InsideTheU.com. It's where I go 24-7 to get a lot of my Canes news. So David's done a great job there with all the guys that work for them over there, InsideTheU.com. David, before you came on, I was talking about the coaching staff, and Mario made some moves, um, not just with the coordinators, but with assistant coaches. And he also took a couple of guys like Coach Field and Coach Rumpf, and he kind of moved them off the coaching beat and put them more on the recruiting uh, side of things. And it's one of the moves that I think um, has really had a positive impact on recruiting, plus new coordinators coming in, new uh, position coaches coming in. Um, that also has an impact on recruiting as well. Yeah, I think, look, after a 5-7 and seven season, things need to be shaken up. And I do think, you know, a lot of coaches wouldn't make that type of move after just one year. I give Mario a lot of credit for shaking things up like he did, um, whether it was just hiring new coaches, uh, mixing things up on the staff, like you're alluding to. Um, I do think things are kind of now aligned in a way that Mario would like from a culture standpoint and from a staff to, you know, on-field staff, off-field staff, relationship standpoint. Things are just much better uh, in terms of the vibe inside the building. Um, and that is going to lead, hopefully, to better recruits, uh, better results on the field, the players being developed at a better level. I think we're seeing all that so far here uh, through only three games, so still plenty to go here in this season. But, uh, but yeah, those moves, to me, starts with the coordinators. I think through three games, I think Mario's hit a home run with both those OC and DC hires. I would say this, if you talk about offensive coordinators, and Shannon Dawson has come in and he's, you know, got two quarterback commits to him, you know, in a very short period of time. Now, I've been very open on this podcast and in smaller circles about I feel like, you know, Judd Anderson is a project. And, you know, I had a private conversation with Shannon and we talked about, you know, his philosophy behind that. But then we got a chance in, uh, to see the young man from Milton and we got a chance to see him play in South Florida, and he's not much more of an elite prospect than Judd is, and it seems like a back-to-back tape. Where is the Canes philosophy from your perspective and, you know, how all these quarterbacks are and how they relate to sort of on-field potential? You know what I mean? Because you kind of got lucky with a Tyler Van Dyke. He was a highly talented guy, but not he's not suspected to come to the South and have the success he's had mostly in his sophomore year and then at the beginning of this year. Where do you frame that as a guy that follows this pretty much all the time? Yeah, I think it's fair to, you know, have a wait-and-see approach with both of these commits right now. Um, I will say, you know, Miami is all in on Judd Anderson for this 
2024 cycle. So seems like he's he's a guy that's locked in from a Miami standpoint. Um, but yeah, I agree with your assessment. I think he is, you know, a bit of a project. Um, I think he's a traits type of guy and that they, they feel like maybe they can develop some of the things that are missing there. Like, uh, you know, it, they feel like they can improve accuracy. But what you can't teach with Judd is his size and his potential to have a strong arm. I think Shannon Dawson, frankly, you know, he is a guy that primarily has been at smaller schools. And so he kind of trusts his ability to evaluate um, maybe quarterbacks that aren't highly, highly touted guys. And he does have a track record of success with uh, developing productive quarterbacks that maybe weren't the highest recruits. And so he kind of feels comfortable doing that. And I think right now, Mario, Cristobal, and and the recruiting staff are kind of letting Shannon Dawson cook in that regard. We'll see how it all plays out, though. This is just me talking. If Miami goes out and wins nine or 10 games this year and becomes highly attractive to highly touted quarterback recruits in this 2024 cycle in December, would I be shocked if Miami Miami makes a move there, right? So, um, yeah, I, I... to your point, too, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see what Tyler Van Dyke decides to do after this season. I think the, the feeling right now is he's going to go to the NFL. Um, and if he does, I wouldn't be surprised if they go attack the portal and try and get the very best quarterback they can out of the portal, too. So that's also an avenue where you can you know, upgrade the talent at quarterback as well. They're also tr- playing this really delicate game about whether we're going to redshirt Emory, trying to redshirt Jakari, and, you know, who knows what one of those guys does at the end of the year and what happens with that. I mean, there's so much that goes into play when it comes to these guys that you're trying to trying to play, you know, chess right now, but you don't know where all the pieces are on the board. Yeah, I think, you know, it is a they're not being open about it but honestly i think it's just a situation where they really do want to give jakari the red shirt i think jakari wants a red shirt now is it awkward right now with with emery being the number 2 guy yes is emery probably the number 2 guy i think so honestly but i don't think that rules jakari out from being a starter in the future if he keeps improving and so I think he's just focusing on improving his skill work right now. And I do think there's a chance we see him in some packages in some games this year. David, let me ask you this question. So, you know, I've followed this program, been around this program for way too long, right? Uh, you have gray hair. I don't have hair anymore <laughs> from the, from this program. So, and it was always about, oh, keeping the local kids home, keeping the local kids home. Sometimes we'll go out to Cali. Sometimes we'll go out to Texas. But this is a whole new world of recruiting, right? I mean, like Tyler Van Dyke's from Connecticut. You know, he's got that wicked piss of a New England accent um, that that I'm used to. Um, You know, they're grabbing kids from Georgia, which was never a thing before that they are now. What is the emphasis on keeping local kids home versus still looking nationally at what's out there in the rest of the uh, country? How's the staff handling that? I think there's still an emphasis on keeping the local kids, but I do think they're being more picky than maybe we've seen here uh, in recent years. And I'm fine with that approach. I think you got to land the best players you can possibly land. And if that means you got to go national to get your O-linemen and D-linemen, I think you should do that. I think there's some positions where if there's a stud wide receiver that's local, if there's a stud corner that's local, 
Miami is going to do everything they can to keep that guy home. They're not going to hit on every one of those guys. That's just the nature of it. Uh, but I do think the elite of the elite, they're working hard to keep home. Again, that's easier said than done because, as we know, the competition is fierce in South Florida. And uh, and quite frankly, local guys want to explore their options as they should. So I think the approach is the right approach if you want to compete uh, for championships because when you confine yourself to just one area of the country, while the best high school football is played in South Florida, from cycle to cycle, you're going to have some positions that are unbalanced locally. And so it's best to recruit nationally, I think. David, one thing I was wondering, who is sort of teetering on that line of major recruits? Uh, obviously, Armando Blunt, we talked about this, came into the class for 2024, and there's some potential. I mean, 25, and there's some potential he could. Uh, be a 24. I don't know how much you know about that, but um, what? who are some people that are lurking out there? Obviously, Jeremiah Smith's a big target. I don't think Mario's giving up on recruiting him, but who are guys that are started on the fringe that Miami's really still hunting after and thinks that, you know, either they can get, you know, with a decent season or with a great season, or they're just not giving up on it and don't want to go until Sunday? You know, if we're talking locally, I think they're talking a little bit to Jordan Lyle, the St. Thomas Aquinas running back who's committed to Ohio State. Amir Jackson, a tight end, committed to Florida, four-star guy. They're certainly recruiting him. Francis Brew is probably, he's a guy that's committed to Pittsburgh, defensive tackle, three-star guy. If I was going to just pick who might be Miami's next commit, I would probably pick him. He's kind of a 6'2", 270, twitchy defensive tackle that Miami's got a lot of traction with right now. They still feel like they're in it, in it for Aiden Breland, who's a five-star defensive tackle from Matter Day out in California. So uh, we'll see how that goes here. Booker Pickett, who's a Miami legacy out of Tampa, smaller defensive end, but very twitchy. Uh, can get off to the quarterback. He's a guy to know. Darius Hayes, Florida, commit at linebacker. And then, of course, you mentioned Jeremiah Smith. That's true. My approach with that is let's see where things stand in December uh, with him, you know, but Mario's certainly not going to not gonna stop recruiting him. And then at corner, Ellis Robinson kind of in the same boat. IMG Academy, five-star corner, committed to Georgia. Let's see how things stand in, in December. If Miami's done what they needed to do on the field, and put themselves in an attractive position for those level recruits, you don't count out Mario Cristobal with closing on those type of guys. Just for one second, I, I need to put the kibosh on this word twitchy. Twitchy has been used way too much in the last six months by too many people. I think if I hear it one more time, my head's going to explode. So from this point forward on this episode of the Real Ones Canes podcast, we cannot use the word twitchy. I'm just putting my That's foot down. Okay. All right, good, uh, because I'm getting triggered. I need to go take some ibuprofen. I don't know what's happening. Uh, David, let's get you out of here on this one. And David Lake is the publisher of InsideTheU.com, where they use Twitchy a lot, evidently. Uh, but, David, um, let's go beyond recruiting. Let's talk about this team, that, the, the team that's on the field right now. 3-0, things look like they're going okay. They're playing a team in Temple that we don't expect much from. And then we get into the ACC schedule, and I guess then we find out. Because I feel like as we sit in the press box – Every Saturday, and we're kind of, you know, yucking it up amongst each other. We still kind of don't know what we're seeing yet. We, we think it's pretty good, but we're not sure what kind of test they've had so far. To me, where this team is at is let's see how they navigate a season. And, and what does that mean, right? I think, right. you know, number one, how do you handle every, like, are you ready for every game? 
or are you going to come out and have some sleepier performances? Number two, how do you handle injuries and, and your depth, you know, having to dip into some depth? Because I do have some concerns about the depth of this team, quite frankly, and, and injuries are going to happen. They're inevitable. And as you get into that conference schedule where you're playing power five team after power five team, you start to have to dip into that depth. So just navigating a season is kind of where I'm at with this team. Uh, for me personally, I, I felt like this was maybe an eight and four type of team. Even after the Texas A&M game, I'm not ready to come off of that for those reasons, mainly the depth reason. Uh, but certainly I think we will know, you know, after North Carolina, whether or not nine wins is on the team, ten, nine wins is on the table, 10 wins is on the table. But I think it's fair to be a little just wait and see. Let's see how this thing goes, because to me, Texas A&M, that was an encouraging performance. And honestly, I do think they're a pretty good team. I think Texas A&M is going to prove to be pretty good this year. Um, but let's see, you know, I mean, injuries can definitely derail any season for any program, but I think that's especially the case for this Miami team. If we're just rolling out the starters, I think Miami could win nine or 10 games. Uh, But if you have to start dipping into the depth, I get a little shaky on it. David Lake, publisher, inside the U.com. Go check out their work. They've been doing it for a long time. Him and Chris and the whole crew have been on this beat like no one else. Go check it out inside the U.com. David, thanks so much. Thank you, Beast. Thank you, Brandon. All right, we will uh, we will preview the Canes and Temple and talk more Miami Hurricanes football after this. The Real Ones Canes podcast. Canes fans, the Real Ones Canes podcast is brought to you by Closure Investigative Agency, the premier private investigative firm in Florida. They're the most aggressive PI firm in South Florida. Ulysses and his crew will get you the information you need and leave no stone unturned. They've been doing it for more than two decades and there is no one else you should trust to find you the truth. Are you worried about a cheating spouse? Do you have a custody issue? Do you need a thorough background check done of a potential employee? Need an insurance or legal investigation done, or even an international investigation that needs to happen. Closure Investigative Agency has you covered. Call Ulysses and his staff right now at 844-403-2550. That's 844-403-2550. Or email them at info at ciagency.com. And follow them on X at C-I-A-P-I-F-L. That's C-I-A-P-I-F-L. And find them on the web at ciagency.net. Closure Investigative Agency, sponsoring The Real Ones Canes Podcast. We are back here on The Real Ones Canes Podcast. The Beast Brian London at Miami Radio Beast. Brandon O'Doy at Brandon underscore O'Doy. And you can follow the whole crew at Real Ones Canes. And you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and the like. Plus, the YouTube channel is picking up steam. We had a bunch of views on our recap video uh, from this past game. So uh, it was yeah. in a beautiful stadium. Yeah, we exactly. The, we pushed the envelope and we won, baby. Yeah, yeah. Brandon with that TV background was like, hey, let's not do it in the hallway. Let's go out and film it on the grass at a hard rock. So we did it. 
Uh, Brandon, uh, David Lake was on from Inside the U the last segment, and he brought up some great stuff about depth. And we know that, listen, this team has some injuries right now on the defense that are that are tough injuries, plus Fletcher on offense. But right now, you know, when you're playing Bethune-Cookman and Temple and you have a bye week, those things don't show themselves as much as they would if you were in the heart of your ACC schedule. And let's be honest, this offensive line looks amazing. But if one of those guys goes down, there's not much behind it. So injuries, depth, all of these things right now aren't a problem for Miami, but they very well could be. Yeah. So, I mean, how fortunate could you be? You've got one real game in the first quarter of your season, and you get a bunch of gimme games. And then the first ACC game is not only at home, but it's to a struggling Georgia Tech team. I mean, this schedule is is truly gifting at the beginning of this season. Because you still got Cam Kitchens that you're waiting to get back off injury. You still don't know what Mark Fletcher's, you know, um, fitness is. And when he comes back, he's not going to be immediately what he was during the first couple of games. And then you still got to make sure that nobody on the offensive line, you, I mean, you cannot afford to lose anyone, but particularly you can't afford to lose left tackle and Jalen Rivers and you can't afford to lose your center. And so there are some definite depth concerns. I think you're deep at receiver. I think you've got a lot of talent spread along there. You can make it if some of your top-line guys go down. But, see, here's the question. Can you, will you be able to survive uh, a Tyler Van Dyke going down? And those are some of the things that, you know, you really have to kind of ask yourself when you think about how this team can manage the remainder of this schedule. And so those are about- definitely some of the concerns. We talk about roster management, and um, we talk about the quarterback position, and David kind of talked about it. You got your own roster of kids uh, yeah, coming I'm home from just, school. I'm I love big roster management problem. Yeah, exactly. So, but you talk about roster management and the quarterback position. If Tyler went down, is it Emory or is it, or, is it, or do you burn Kari's red shirt? Listen, all bets are off because see, to me, you have to find out what you have in the Jacuri Brown because, like you said in David's segment, you could end up with a guy going into the portal and you never really knew what you had. And you don't want that to happen. You don't want somebody to discover a Heisman candidate and and he's been sitting on your bench and you never really gave him that opportunity to shine. He wasn't supposed to play last year. You know, it was supposed to be Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia goes out there and gets hurt. And here you have a true freshman who goes out and actually wins you a game. And so you're definitely going to go with a guy that has won a game as a backup quarterback over a guy that's not even won a quarter, really, and, and, and it's kind of been sort of topsy-turvy a little bit when they turn him loose a little bit during the uh, Bethune-Cookman game. Not saying he's bad. He's just a freshman. Yeah, no doubt. The team is on the road this Saturday, 3.30, in Philadelphia against Temple. Temple's not very good. I mean, and they actually beat Akron. But who knows how good Akron is. Akron is, um, and we don't know how good Temple is. I know that uh, Shannon uh, Dawson, uh, you know, definitely talked up their defense, but that's what Miami coaches are going to do. They're going to talk up the opponent. All I know is it's going to be in a pretty empty stadium up in Philadelphia. Temple doesn't draw much, and it's a huge cavernous NFL stadium. So it's going to be one of those games where Miami's going to have to kind of drum up their own motivation, and I think Mario and the staff will be able to do that. Yeah, they'll be able to do it. And this is where you see the coaching that we talked about earlier. Because, you know, as I was slow 
to sort of give them like major accolades. Let's see how you go on the road against a team you should be easily. Let's see how you perform. Are you going to make a lot of mistakes? Are you going to be the same explosive team you've been? Are you going to, you know, walk in there and think they're going to hand the game to you? What are you going to do? And so we'll get a learn. We'll get a chance to learn a lot about this version of the Hurricanes team because they have been tested on the road. But like you know, they were trying to say you know basically a game is on the road because you know the only thing is different is that we play at a new stadium because we go to Hard Rock every week. We kind of have that mentality. No, I'm not buying that. Like <laughs> this is a real road game. You know, this is an opponent out. You know, of conference AC, it's decent football. You got to come to win. I don't think it'll be an issue, but yeah, it's a true road test and we'll find out how they come back after a bye, then Georgia Tech, and then we got to see what this team has. Like, I agree with David here 1,000%. I think we'll know what this team is after North Carolina. Brandon O'Doy, the Beast Brian London. We want to thank David Lake from InsideTheU.com. Make sure you follow us on socials at Real Ones Canes. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just uh, Google Real Ones Canes podcast YouTube channel. We're building up a following there. So that's all good. And we will check with you after the Temple game. Keep it right here. The Real Ones Canes podcast.